1: This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. Fifteen years ago, New York Times bestselling writer Mitch Albom published one of his most cherished books, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Now his new one is The Next Person You Meet in Heaven. This internationally beloved writer returns to the roots of that first novel as he traces the story of what happened to Annie, a little girl whose near death launched Eddie's Journey to Heaven. The result is an enchanting tale filled with unexpected twists that reunites Eddie and Annie and explores how our lives and losses intersects. Mitch Albom is a best-selling author, screenwriter, playwright, and nationally syndicated columnist. He is the author of six consecutive number one New York Times bestsellers. Tuesdays with Maury, which spent four straight years atop the New York Times list, is now the best-selling memoir of all time. Maury, The Five People You Meet in Heaven, For One More Day and Have a Little Faith, have been made into award-winning television movies. Album has founded nine charities in the Motor City, including the first-ever 24-hour medical clinic for homeless children in America. He also operates an orphanage in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, which he visits monthly. Album makes his home in Detroit and joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Mitch, welcome back to this program.
0: Thanks, Steve. Nice to be here.
1: How much of this book was influenced by the last 15 years in your life?
0: A lot of it. Uh, I'm not a sequel writer by nature. You know, I haven't been fortunate enough to invent a Harry Potter or a Jack Reacher that I can (laughs) go back to. So most of my books have been one-offs. But The Five People You Meet in Heaven was my first novel. And it was, as you say, a story about an old man who dies, goes to heaven, and meets five people who explain his life to him. And and show him that a nothing meaningless life that he thought he led was actually very meaningful. But in that book, I referenced that whole process to being the first stage of heaven. And so after the book came out and people read it, became popular around the uh, around the country and world. I started to get a lot of correspondence from people saying, "So what's the second stage of heaven? You know, uh, you can't just leave him there. There's got to be more than that. And what happened to the little girl?" So over the years, I've had those questions, and then. In the last couple of years, I uh, had a lot of loss in my life. Uh, my mother and my father and my little girl that uh, my wife and I were raising from Haiti, one of our, our, our orphans, an orphanage I operate there, uh, all died within three years. And so it had me thinking of heaven a little bit more than normal, and I decided I would kind of answer those questions and revisit it, and the result is the next person you meet in heaven, which uh, follows what happened to Annie, and her whole journey through life and ultimately the afterlife
1: who was the inspiration behind the character annie
0: well eddie was a real person he was my uncle uh uh, uh, um, he wasn't a maintenance man but he was pretty much a blue-collar guy and he always said i don't matter nothing i'm a nobody never been nowhere and so writing him was kind of like channeling him and just creating a fictional version annie It's kind of an amalgamation of a lot of women that I have met in my life, some in my family, some in my just social circles, who are really hard on themselves and uh, really feel that everything they do is kind of doomed to failure. And Annie feels that from the day she goes to the amusement park and is saved by Eddie, but he dies and she goes through a trauma of her own and the whole event is kind of blocked out from her mind. She's, you know, one of those sort of traumatic repressions. So she vaguely remembers going there, and she knows that she was injured and something bad happened, but beyond that, she can't remember the actual event, and her whole life seems to be shadowed by the mistake that she made. So high school, she makes mistakes, and she doesn't have friends, and, and when she gets out, she makes bad choices in relationships, and her job eventually, she, she ends up being a nurse, and she doesn't know why, she just sort of stumbled into it, and and uh, her, her whole life is just kind of everything I touch goes bad. And and I, I, know, I know a lot of people who are like that, and so I, I kind of amalgamated them into one and with the purpose of trying to write a book that would show them that, no, not everything you do is a mistake. There's no such thing as a series of mistakes. Uh, they all lead to other things. We just don't really understand it, perhaps, while we're here.
1: We're chatting with Mitch album here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is The Next Person You Meet in Heaven. You tell this story through children. Why did you, why did you do it that way?
0: Uh, well, I, you know, I think children teach us more about ourselves than probably anything. And in the last few years, while I was contemplating this and then even ended up writing it, I was raising a five-, six-, and seven-year-old of my own. So she enlightened me quite a bit uh, as to the way the kids look at things. And I think that the things happen that happen to us when we're kids totally inform us as adults. So even though Annie was eight when this event happened, it's... Shaded everything that came after. And, you know, of course, we see that with kids who are abused, kids who are beaten. You know, it, it takes its toll on you as an adult. And so uh, there's Annie as a little girl. One of the characters that she meets in heaven is a little boy. Uh, and uh, there are some other children in the book I don't want to give away too much of it right. that, uh, that play in as well.
1: Talking to Mitch Albom here on Speaking of Writers. Uh, his book is The Next Person You Meet in Heaven. Tuesdays with Maury, for you, that started this all. Um, hard to believe, what, it 20 years ago almost? 21 now, yeah. yeah. The lasting legacy for Maury for you?
0: Well, the lasting legacy for me is an everyday existence. I mean, I was a sports writer, a very ambitious sports writer and broadcaster, with no intention of doing anything else with my life but that then I happened to see my old professor on the Nightline program talking about dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, which was the only way I found out he even had it, because I had been so ambitious and so selfish that I lost touch with him for 16 years. So I went to visit him. what turned out to be all the Tuesdays he had left in his life. I wrote a book to pay his medical bills. That was the only reason I did it. It was supposed to be a tiny book. And uh, it turned out to be something other than a tiny book. And that has changed my life and the legacy, as you ask me, forever, because I went from writing sports and kind of living in that very uh, hermetically sealed sports world where everything you think is important is in the score from last night to, uh, you know, people stopping me in airports airport saying, hey, uh, my mother just died of cancer and the last thing we did was read Tuesdays with Morrie together. Can I tell you about her? And that happens to me on a daily basis, sometimes five and ten times a day. So I am now the recipient and the receptacle of a lot of sad stories, a lot of broken hearts, and it it changes you, you know, it makes you sensitive to people in the world and how they're suffering, what they're dealing with, and all of my books since. You've noticed I haven't written any sports books since Tuesdays with Maury because they just don't seem important uh, when I could be writing about, even in an entertaining fashion, like The Next Person You Meet in Heaven, it's an entertaining book, you know, it's a fable. But there's a, a lesson in it that I think is more important than touchdowns or or home runs.
1: How do you think you've evolved as a writer?
0: Well, I hope I've gotten better all the time. Uh, you know, that's what you want. Mm. People always say, oh, which one's your favorite book? And you always say, the one I just wrote, because if the one I wrote Five books ago was better than I'm going backwards. So you know, I, I've learned to I've learned to be even more succinct with my phrasing. Uh, you know, Tuesdays of Mori was a small book, and in many ways, that was very good for me because if I had any problem as a writer prior to, prior to Tuesdays of Mori, it was that I tended to go on a little too long or that you know my sentences got a little awkward and a little long. And because I wanted to write Tuesdays of Mori as a very simple kind of, you know, student-teacher sort of book, it came out to be very small. And from that point forward, that's sort of what people wanted from me and kind of expected from me. So when I wrote The Five People You Meet in Heaven, I kind of, instead of thinking it would be a 300-page book, I thought, well, let's make it a 200-page book in a small book, which is really more like 170 pages in a big-sized book. And every book that's come since has kind of been that way. So it's forced me to tighten up my phrasing, my writing, and, make sure i say everything in as few words as possible and i i think i've gotten better better at that the one exception being the previous book to this new one the Fr- magic strings of frankie presto which was my my one and only uh, music book which i was a musician for many years before i was a writer and i i've been storing that book up for so long that when i finally wrote it it was like 530 pages but it needed to be that long and we're in the process of making it into a very big movie now and it couldn't have been a. It couldn't have been a small book. But other than that, yeah, I'd say, I've I've learned to tighten things up.
1: Uh, now, did the character in the first one, uh, the five people you meet in heaven, come to you first, or did the story?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Kind of simultaneous because the character was my uncle Eddie was a real person, World War II vet. As I said, you know. Uh, barrel-chested, strong guy, kind of guy who would wear those beater t-shirts around the house, but then when dinner came, he would tuck them in, so it was formal wear, you know. And uh, he he was the basis for Eddie in The Five People You Meet in Heaven, so you could say, well, the character came first, but then he used to tell me this story about How he died one night and during open heart surgery, and he had one of those near death experiences. He rose out of his body, and he said he saw all of his dead relatives waiting for him at the edge of the operating table. And you know, as a kid, you always say, "Well, what'd you do, Uncle Ed? What'd you do?" And being the salty veteran that he was, he said, "Do I told him get the hell out of here? I'm not ready for any of you yet." And uh, apparently, they flew back to heaven. They were frightened. (laughs) <laughs> and he went back into his body. But that, from that story forward, I always thought that that's what happens when you go to heaven, uh, that you meet people. I still believe that, you know. And so I tweaked it a little bit when I started to get an idea for a story about heaven that, well, maybe you meet people, but maybe they're not all your relatives. Maybe, you know, there's some people there that you might have spent five minutes on earth with, but they change your life forever or you change theirs until so they're there to greet you, too, to sort of tell you, hey, you didn't realize this on earth, but... And so, in that way, the story came first, even though it kind of came from Eddie. So all of it kind of traces back to my uncle in one way, shape, or form, and I dedicated the book to him. But um, it was sort of a simultaneous creative experience.
1: In our remaining moments of Mitch Album, his new book is The Next Person You Meet in Heaven, the sequel to The Five People You Meet. In Heaven. You mentioned uh, a movie project in the works for The Magic Strings of Frankie Presto, that book. Uh, Is there a TV project in the works or soon to be in the works for this one?
0: Well, TV is a different landscape than when we did the movie for The Five People You Meet in Heaven. The Five People You Meet in Heaven was a three-hour ABC Sunday night movie, uh, which was a very expensive budget of like a feature film. And it had John Voight and Ellen Burstyn, Michael Imperioli, Jeff Daniels, Dagmar, the a bunch of really good actors, and yeah. you know it was a big time kind of production. They don't make that anymore on network television. On the other hand, they make it all the time on streaming television, you know, on on Netflix and things like that. So, actually, my hope is uh, we have the ability now, if we wanted to, go back and and, and do another five people version. You know, the rights on that's been fifteen years. So I, I'm sort of hoping that maybe we could uh, do both of them together as like a series, you know, one of those many types of series where they're in ten parts and you can kind of go through. So then I could have it all in one place, you know, from beginning to end. So I think there'll be some theatrical version of it. It's very magical, and it lends itself to cinema. But I've learned a long time ago, Steve, is the writer, you don't really control that stuff. Right. You know, you, you field it, and you say yes or no, but you don't really control it.
1: Mitch, thank you so much for joining me.
0: It's been a pleasure, Steve. Thanks a lot.
1: Mitch Album, the book, The Next Person You Meet in Heaven.